As we begin our gospel reading today, I'm going to invite you to put your paper down because I'm preaching on something else. Um, So you can't follow along, but I invite you to simply hear the scripture, the story of Jesus. Which, sorry, Rob, there's no, okay, we're just going to roll with it. Okay, from Matthew 14. Now, when Jesus heard this, he withdrew there in a boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the crowd heard it, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion for them and cured their sick. When it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a deserted place and the hour is now late. Send the crowds away so that they may go into the villages and buy food for themselves. Jesus said to them, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. They replied, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave it to the disciples. And the disciples gave it to the crowds and all ate and all were filled. And they took up what was left over of the broken pieces, 12 baskets full. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. The Gospel of the Lord. I invite you to be seated. It is good to be back with you. It is good to be in the house of God with you this day. I know some of you in this space, but I'm delighted that there are new new faces here. I'm Pastor Danielle Denise, and I began serving as an associate pastor here at St. John's 11 years ago. Now, some of you feel old right now that it was 11 years ago, right? But I've got more gray hair now, and I've got um, an expanded family, and it is just good to be in God's house with you. I was also going to start my sermon by saying this, but you may have already picked up on it, that when Pastor Greg asked me if I would preach for Consecration Sunday, he said to me, here's a whole list of scriptures about stewardship that you could preach on. And in true Danielle fashion, I didn't pick one of those. (laughs) I picked something entirely different, and I hope you know this story. And if you don't and you're new to the scriptures, I hope it is a story that worms its way into your hearts and one that invites you into considering generosity through a new lens. And so together today, I invite you to make space for our shared life together and for the way God is calling us to use and share our resources for the sake of the gospel. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts gathered in this place be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock our strength, and our Redeemer. 
Amen. So my family consigns. We take things that have been in our house and we um, share those with others through consignment sales. And it's a practice we adopted about three years ago when Michael and I, during the pandemic, looked around and thought, how did we accumulate this much stuff? I mean, there were baby clothes that our kids got to wear one time, and there was also shoes that I bought, and then magically in a weekend, our kids' feet grew to the next size. And you were like, are you kidding me? I just bought these shoes. And so we decided, let's start a practice of sharing those things we have in our space with others. Now, when I say we, I use that term very loosely because when we started doing this, most of the Denise family was on board, except for Olive. Olive is my five-year-old free spirit. Moses is my six-year-old that is much more a type A personality. And you said to Moses, here's your box. He would go into his room and he'd say, I think I'm done playing with this. Let me place it in the box. And before you could almost hear the thud, Olive's hand was reaching in the box, saying, I need it, I need it. I would joke, Olive, that's not even yours to begin with, but I need it. And then you would turn your head, and pretty soon everything Moses had discarded, Olive had shoved into a nook and a cranny in her own room. Three years later, we just consigned a whole bunch of stuff a couple weeks ago, and Olive came up to me and said, I just love consigning, Mom, because new families get to use our stuff. And I had to pause and think for a moment about how far our little olive bug had come in three years, moving from a mindset of scarcity thinking, I have to have all of this, to abundance. But it didn't happen overnight, right? She was transformed by practicing holding resources loosely and letting them take new life. As I wrestled with this morning's gospel text, I was struck by Jesus teaching his disciples disciples similar lessons. Lessons like abundance over scarcity, holding things loosely, and believing in the miracle of a new thing. Picture the scene with me. Jesus has withdrawn on a boat He's grieving the loss of his cousin, John, who has been brutally killed. I imagine in this moment that Jesus is just trying to catch his breath, looking for maybe a place to weep or cry, a place to simply let his body rest and the grief wash over him. But the people, they've heard that Jesus is on the move and in a boat, no less, but they are undeterred because they start to follow. They follow on foot, they wait at the water's edge, and when he lands, Jesus has compassion on them and heals them. And then there is this miracle 
feeding. Now, before I get too far talking about miracles, I want you to notice this. The miracle feeding, the miracle feeding happens in the midst of hard realities. Jesus has every reason in the world to tap out. His grief was real and it was gutting. Jesus is completely justified in taking things into his own hands and going home. And I want you to notice this because I know whenever a group of humans gather, especially a group this size, there are some of you who are living the reality of hard things. You're tapped out. The idea about a sermon on generosity feels hollow or shallow. Life is hard and you just want to keep it all to yourself. And yet here is Jesus showing up and in community, no less. Beloved, you are here for a reason today. In the midst of every justifiable reason to tap out, you showed up today in this community. And I believe that God will meet you with your own miracle. In the midst of that hard reality, there comes an all too human part. Now this is my favorite part of the text because you can't read it and think, that's not me. It is each one of us. And don't try to tell me you wouldn't do the same thing. Looking at the crowds and saying, Jesus, it's late. Send these people home. They need to go eat. It's almost like the disciples are like, do you know what time it is, Jesus? Because we got some hangry people hanging out on this hill. Can you please get them out of here? And Jesus has the nerve to say, they don't need to go. You give them something to eat. And the disciples looked around, five loaves, two fish. Yeah, bro, we can't do that. The scarcity mindset takes over. They keep saying, we only have, we only have. You see, beloved, the disciples and you and I are in good company because we are so conditioned to only see, well, the only, what we don't have. It's ingrained in us. And it makes sense because if we focus on the only, then we got to keep buying more stuff, right? to try to make it enough. We gotta keep trying to make our lives better by accumulating more. We keep trying to make the only enough on our own. And Jesus knows this propensity to scarcity. And so he says to the disciples, bring those fish and loaves to me. Now I want you to notice two things that happen next. The first is this. Jesus infuses the only, these fish and loaves, with gratitude. And beloved, when we're stuck in a mindset of the only, gratitude is a scarce companion. 
It's something we're being invited to practice every time we gather and worship, and we're being invited to practice in our own lives of faith. In the month of November, my family gets one of our pumpkins that's been sitting out on the porch in October that hopefully hasn't rotted by this point. And we start a gratitude pumpkin where every night we write something we're grateful for. At the 927 service, Taylor showed a picture of a pumpkin completely full. Ours is usually like four lines. So don't think we're overachievers in our households. But that practice of our gratitude pumpkin literally in, our very, in front of our very eyes transforms us from a family that can only see the little to a family with eyes to see that there is more than enough. And in addition to this moment of gratitude that is infused into this fish and into these loaves, there's another thing. And this is ultimately why I picked this text for our sermon today. And it's this. Jesus gives the disciples back the bread and the fish to participate in the miracle. Did you catch that? He gives it back to the disciples to participate in this miracle feeding. I mean, the people were already orderly sitting down in circles in the grass. Jesus could have just said, hey, long catch, let me throw you this piece of bread. Jesus could have taken all of the credit, and yet he invites the disciples to partner in the miracle. The well-fed disciples participate in watching the hungry be satisfied. And I wondered this week if Jesus wanted the disciples to literally feel the plenty with their hands, to feel in their bodies the transformation from only these fish and loaves to more than enough that through participating, their hearts would be transformed so that the next time that they saw two lousy fish, they wouldn't say, oh, that's only it, but instead would say, I wonder what God will do with that. A seminary professor of mine used to joke, you know how all those people on the hill actually got fed, right? It was all the mamas who looked inside their purses and said, I got a half-eaten granola bar and some crunched up goldfish. What do you all have? How can, you moms know, you're like, I got those things in my purse still. But you see, however it happened, everyone participated in the miracle. And beloved, this is the kind of work that God is calling you into today, to join your two fish with my two fish and their two fish, training our eyes to see enough and together participating in feeding our community with spiritual nourishment offered at God's table and with actual bread. Beloved, look at what God creates through this gathering of people. Together, our resources infused with gratitude and offered the community is a straight-up miracle. And it's the kind of a miracle I'm inviting you into today. 
because in just a little bit, you're gonna take that pledge card, which might seem as lousy as two fish and five loaves. But when it's placed in that basket and infused with gratitude and the possibility of God, miracles can and will happen. Who knows, maybe that pledge card, your two fish becomes actual goldfish served as a snack in Sunday school as the youngest among us learn the stories of faith and are reminded that they are loved. Maybe your pledge cards, like five loaves, becomes a mission trip where our young people learn and walk alongside Palestinian young people who right now we're sitting in solidarity with when their world is falling apart. Who could have imagined last year when you put your pledge card in that basket that you would have made a way for this community to be in solidarity with those in Palestine in the midst of the atrocities there? Or maybe your pledge card, your two fish, will become a meal for the grieving or a community group in the midst of an epidemic of loneliness going on in our world. Beloved, I don't know where you are today. You may have come in and thought, I'm Olive. I am holding on with all I got. I need it. Or maybe you just filled out the card because... Well, you were supposed to. Perhaps this day, God is inviting you to believe in the miracle of possibility. We started a practice in our family when I was first here at St. John's. Well, a couple years in, I didn't have a family when I first got here. Where whenever we would bring a dollar or five dollars to the offering plate, on the way to church, we would ask, and still do, ask Olive and Moses, what do you think God's going to do with that money? Five and six-year-olds have really fun answers. But I love it because they're practicing. They're practicing believing in the miracle of God in our midst. And beloved, I'm part of that miracle. 11 years ago, you welcomed me into this place. I had not turned 30 yet. And you made space for my voice and my whole self. Your two loaves and your fish have led me to a place where I was sitting on the front pew with my kid at 927, thinking you're teaching her the melodies of faith that I learned from you a decade ago. That's a miracle. So I'm not surprised Jesus hands back the bread and the fish and Jesus hands you a pledge card because God wants us to participate in the abundance of grace. And as you lay that pledge card in the basket, as you come forward during communion, I wonder what God will do with your two loaves, two loaves, I'm bad at math, with your five loaves and two fish. And I, for one, can't wait to witness that miracle. Amen.